Hey, this is John Leon from White Wizard, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. Coming off of Over the Top by White Wizard, this is part three of the John Leone interview. And in this interview, we pretty much pick up about a month after the original interview where Wyatt Anderson has already decided to leave the band. So John is going to discuss that. He's going to discuss a bunch of other things, the uncertainty surrounding the band at that time, whether the label would want to release Flying Tigers with Wyatt if they would want to record it with Michael Gremio, who's already come back into the fold, uh, whether Michael Gremio will stick around this time or not. So there are a bunch of different things that he touches on during this part of the interview. I hope that you've enjoyed everything so far. Just remember that if you want to take this podcast with you, if you didn't get a chance to listen to it all in one shot, you can subscribe to it on iTunes, or you can uh, download individual episodes right off of MarsAttacksRadio.com. If not, you could always stream the interviews on there as well. And um, uh, what we're going to do here is we're going to play another track off of Peter Ellis's monument. name of this track is Fatal Attack. <laughs> Scream! 
little fatal attack by Peter Ellis's Monument. Just remember, that is a demo for a track that will appear on Monument's uh, first full-length album, which should be out shortly in the next few months. And uh, the three tracks that I have all sound pretty cool. Um, if you missed the other track, Midnight Queen, it is on the first part of the uh, John Leone interview. Getting tongue-tied there for a second. Anyway, let's play another track off of Flying Tigers, or at least part of a track. This is Night Train to Tokyo. After this, we're going to get into part three of the John Leone interview.
Going down the alley, my midnight goddess Walking in the shadows of dark abyss My love is ready to strike her down I creep up as she turns around Pulling the clouds to bring her in Kiss those red lips, taste like sin Submissive angel going down Dreams of love as we hit the Um, so I guess the idea here is that, um, whatever we discuss now, we're just going to piece it on to the, um, or attach it to the other, other interview that we did. I intend on releasing that within the next two weeks or so. And, um, and that way people get, you know, the full idea of what happened before and, and what happened after, you know, to get us to, uh, to this point that way there are no misconceptions uh whatsoever sure yeah i mean obviously towards i mean i think at some point i talked about the the way that the recording turned out and you know that we were excited why it was back so this will be a a little bit of a of a a, you know for obviously i guess a a continuance of that to what happened after the fact about a couple weeks after i talked to you really right and the news really caught me off guard, you know, because of that, because everything seemed so positive. You were really, you know, hyped up about the album and, you know, it seemed like the label was really behind everything as well. And everything had turned out uh, really well. And, you know, it really, really caught me off guard that all of a sudden, you know, you contacted me and said, hey, you know, uh, not sure if you know this, but why it's out of the band. And <laughs> it, was, it was a real head scratcher. Yeah, well, it definitely was not by our choice. I mean, basically what happened is I, uh, after I talked to you, I think about a week later, I called him up and confirmed booking his flight. And, you know, I mean, his tone of voice was a little different than it had been in the past few months. So I can always, you know, I can read people's tone pretty well. And I remember even calling my manager and saying, yeah, you know, you might want to check in with why I, I booked his flight. But there was just, you know, something in my gut just didn't seem like something was right. And I got a I got an email from him about a week later. This was about three weeks before we were to disembark on the tour with Forbidden, and the tour had been booked for about two months, uh, two and a half months before this. So you know everyone had known about it and everyone had agreed to do it. And uh, Wyatt just wrote me and said, "I regret to inform you for you know a multitude of reasons, um, everything from you know personal to whatever, um, and job situation, etc. That I can't do this tour." And I'm not sure what my uh, ability to tour in the future is going to be at this point. I think he's, uh, you know, he cited everything from family to the job that he'd gotten that he didn't expect to get that was making really good money and, you know, everything from health to personal to whatever. I mean, there's a multitude of reasons it seemed to be that it was, uh, he was bowing out of the tour, so to speak. And my manager called him, obviously, our producer called him, everybody called him, of course, as soon as I got this email. And, uh, my manager just kind of had a hard line talk with him and he was like, you know, you know, I don't want to leave the band, but I can't tour right now. And my manager was, you know, he's like, I could possibly tour in the future. And my manager was like, look, you know, do you really honestly think you're going to be able to go out for a month in October with Firewind or do the Europe thing for a month? And he's, you know, he kind of just got down to to brass tacks and he said, probably not, you know, Um, (laughs) 
there's there's not a lot of bad blood. I didn't handle this. I didn't flip out on him or anything. I actually took about a week to just, you know, me and Giovanni, the drummer, and I had a, you know, a kind of a two-day drinking binge after that was the first uh, first step um, of dealing with it, you know, because it took us all off guard. I mean, you know, I'd, I'd already had about $1,000 in investing for Vitor, getting the van up to speed and just doing all the different things that it took to get ready and made a lot of plans. So we were in a, you know, bit of a quandary, and it was... It was unfortunate because Wyatt kind of bailed last year, too, after we did Europe and kind of went back to Florida, and he wasn't really happy, and he seemed like he kind of didn't want to tour then either, and that's that's a lot of the reason why we had to move on. It really was never by choice. We've never moved on from touring with Wyatt from our perspective. Um, we've always tried to get through everything with Wyatt and keep him our front man, but, uh, you know, I think it's inevitable. Some guys just don't want to tour. You know, and I think I think he was kind of on the fence with it. I think he wanted to record another album, and I think he wanted to be a part of White Wizard. And he knows he's got fans and all of that. But um, for whatever reasons, you know, they're his own reasons. Um, he doesn't want a tour. The thing that hurt us was he he let us know after we recorded the record and let us know three weeks before a tour was leaving, which was that was difficult. You know, right. So, right. We worked with Michael Grimio before, as most people, or at least people that are up on the drama of White Wizard know, um, at Download, after, after Wyatt decided he didn't want to tour last year. Um, we, had, we, got, we got in touch with Michael Grimio last year through contacts, and um, he was kind of in a band project at that time, and he agreed to, to come on and do Download with us as a one-off and kind of then go from there. And we did download, and it was very successful. To be honest, I felt Mikey was the best front man live we'd ever had with a mix of vocal talent and, and performance. with Michael, but he, uh, he kind of was, you know, he kind of had some commitments then. He, I know he was going through a divorce, a lot of stuff, even stuff I didn't know then. And we kind of tried to force the hand to say, hey, move to L.A. quick and join the band. And in the end, <laughs> Michael kind of, pulled the plug on it and wasn't able to commit last year. So um, that is why we ended up with Peter Ellis. But Mikey was the guy we wanted, you know, who was the former singer of Celador. He was a right. metal, blade, metal Blade artist a few years back. And he, he's a very fantastic singer. We, he kind of reached out to us in the camp and our manager. And when after a, a, that said 48-hour drinking binge that my drummer and I went on. Um, <laughs> we went back and watched download videos, and we said, you know, I felt like Mikey was the best live um, singer we'd ever had. Obviously, he never did any studio recordings with us, so nobody has that to contrast. But Gio and I... This guy we wanted to talk to, and... The conversations were very positive right out the gate. The guy was willing to fly here in two weeks and prep and do it. He was available and very interested. So, you know, kudos to him. The guy got on the freaking plane in like, you know, two weeks, you know, rehearsed the set before he came. And had about three or four rehearsals, I think three rehearsals to with us as a band before we did our first show with Forbidden. Um, so, you know, and it took us a couple shows to get our sea legs, but I think by the third show or so, we were firing on all cylinders, and I don't, I don't think we've ever been better live. And about halfway through the tour, we just really started really kicking ass. I mean, Mikey just got more and more comfortable with the material. He, you know, the guy jumps in the crowd and starts mosh pits, um, you know, when we're having instrumental parts, you know. Um, he's just a fantastic front man. We've never had that kind of energy before. 
So, um, and he's also consistently a great singer. I think he earned the respect of Forbidden and all the bands we toured with. You know, I think everybody pretty much was like, well, that's your front man now, you know. Um, and everybody, we had a great time. We all got along fantastically. And we, uh, we have the best lineup live we've ever had with this group of dudes. So it, it ended up being positive, but, you know, we're in the quandary right now of, you know, we've got a record that's done, and the label spent a lot of money recording that record and why it's already recorded the vocals. So where we're at right now is everyone's trying to kind of figure out what the hell to do because the label, you know, is not overly thrilled with the idea of investing a bunch more money in the record. They've already spent, I think, more than they normally do for a second release for a band. Um... And, you know, we, we do have a record that everybody is convinced is really, really good. I mean, why it did, it, I do still feel the same about the record as I did before. Um, Wyatt sang his ass off on it, and there's some really amazing material there. So everyone's kind of in that process right now of figuring out what we should do, where we can, you know, continue to move on being a live band and not have to turn into a studio band. And, and Mikey obviously wants to continue to move forward with us. Um, but at the same time, you know, the record label's in a position of, you know, having a record that's ready to release with continuity from over the top that they know they can, you know, from a business perspective that they can sell. We as a band want to keep moving forward. So you've got a lot of different people right now trying to make some really hard-line decisions on whether or not, you know, the album should be put out with Wyatt, should it be retracted with Michael, um, you know, if so, you know, what's it going to cost, et cetera, you know, producer availability, how long is it going to delay the record now because of that? Um, and we got a couple tours upcoming that we want to do, and, and we want Mikey to be a part of this completely, but at the same time, the quandary is, you know, the record was done. So that's really our, our big kind of hurdles that we're trying to get over right now, and that's kind of the current state is I think everybody's trying to uh, decide how to move forward now. Um, now that we did that tour and, and Mikey uh, has wanted to be the uh, front man of the band in the future now, you know, it's, it's a tough decision for everybody. So, you know, it's, <laughs> that's what we're up against at this point. That's pretty much really where the current state is. By the time this airs, um, we'll probably have made the final decisions of what to do and, and it'll be moving forward and probably press released. But we are still in the crux of the decision-making process as we speak with the label and with everybody involved trying to figure out how to move forward. We just got back from the tour. I was really sick at the end of the tour, um, so I've just been kind of recovering from that right now. There was a nasty virus that went around the tour. It seems like every tour I do, there's some band <laughs> brings a virus in, and everybody seems to get it. I always get it right at the end of tour, so... Um, I kind of was laid out for a couple of days after I got my codeine cough syrup and uh, drew it on myself for a couple of days and just kind of took everything in. And now we're kind of just now visiting, um, having meetings and deciding what to do. If money wasn't an issue, um, what would you lean towards doing? Would you want to re-record the album with Mike Remio on vocals? Or do you want to have some of what Wyatt recorded released? It's a tough call. I've gone through three emotions on it. I mean, obviously, um, Mike is a fantastic singer, and I'd love to see what he can do for the record. Um, I think the label's in a tough position because, put it this way, the vocal performance on the record by Wyatt is extremely strong. It's a very good record. I mean, it's, 
you know, it's, 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 you know, obviously it's kind of the same team that did over the top me writing, you know, Ralph Patlin producing and Wyatt singing. Um, and it's a chemistry that obviously worked really well. And I think really progressed on this record. Um, however, we've got a singer that doesn't want to tour by, by not our choice. I mean, we, we, we didn't choose that, you know, that's Wyatt's decision and his alone. Um, so we want to continue on as a band. So, I mean, yes, of course, in the grand scheme, it seems to make sense to me um, to put the reins on and put it out with Mikey. But there's also just the simple, you know, there's also people at the label. This is a business, you know. And right. I think they're trying to decide what their best foot forward is, not only with having to d- delay the record by doing so or money that has to be spent to re-record. But I think they want to see, they probably, I can understand, they probably would want to see Mikey be in the band six more months and make sure he's staying, you know? Because they've got an album with continuity with Wyatt. They sold X amount of copies of Over the Top. It did really well, despite us not touring much. I think they they know by listening to this record that this album would probably do better. It's a really strong record. So from a business perspective, it's like, okay, well, do we roll the dice and record Mike and hope he stays, you know, and he doesn't have a life-changing moment and not join the band um, because he wasn't able to last summer, you know. So, I mean, he's, I, I feel like Mikey's committed now, and I feel good about moving forward with Mikey, but the label has to be convinced of that too. And, uh, you know, we have gone through, you know, by no fault of our own, you know, some changes with singers over the last year and a half that are, you know, that are detrimental, I think, to from a business perspective for the label. And I have to respect that fact. I think they, li- they love Mikey as a front man. I think they also agree he's the best live front man. They saw him at Download, and they were really happy with him. Um, and the live footage they've seen from the tour that we just did, everybody's extremely happy with. I think the label has agreed across the board that Mikey is our best front man from a live perspective. I think the main thing is, you know, I think what it's going to come down to is whether or not they say, look, this album's done, it's paid for, it's great, let's release it, um, keep moving forward with Mikey Live, and, uh, you know, just, you know, schedule to do kind of becomes his band and prove to us he's going to stay in the band for a while. So that may be where it all goes, you know. I think we got to do something that's fair for everybody involved to where Mikey can feel like it's his band moving forward. I think that's my main concern. I want Mikey to uh, to be able to move forward with White Wizard and, and, and feel like it's his band, you know. Um, because if he does put in the time and continue to move forward with us, I want to make sure that he, uh, you know, gets the respect that he deserves. And I, I think we're always going to have those Wyatt fans out there that are going to be, you know, against us doing anything else with him. And I'm sure this new album would re-solidify that for them. But they have to take that up with Wyatt because ultimately, again, Wyatt's not gone by our choice. Um, Wyatt, if Wyatt doesn't want to tour, then ultimately that's, that's, that's a kind of a problem for him and the fans to kind of work through together between themselves. We, uh, we, we wanted Wyatt there. That's why Wyatt was brought back. I gave him a second chance, and, and he made the choice that he did. So um, I've got no animosity towards him again um, because I know that, you know, not everybody is as driven as me when it comes to being willing to take losses. And, you know, I mean, you know, we, we're not making much money out there, especially the, on the tour with Forbidden, going out with three thrash bands. Um, I think Forbidden's still trying to reassess, you know, re, re kind of, you know, repopulate its fan base right now. So they have their off nights when they're on tour, too. And it's, it's tough when you go out with three thrash bands and you're kind of the band that's kind of the odd band out. 
you know, you, you sell merch, but you don't sell as much. Um, and you, you know, you just definitely don't play to as many people. And, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, it's tough. It's tough to ask a guy, hey, leave your 50K or 40K of your job and, uh, <laughs> you know, come, come tour with, you know, with all these bands and do this. Now, I think some tours upcoming will be better, like the Europe tour, Firewind, et cetera. But this was a tough tour. We didn't really make any money. We, we pretty much broke even or lost a little money, I think, in the grand scheme. I lost a lot of money even prepping the tour. I think that uh, that's the reality is, you know, going forward, um, I think even though I think things will be much better, there, there's times when you do have a tour like that. And it's, it's tough to keep everybody's constitution up and keep everybody positive and, and keep everybody focused on the big brass ring and say, hey, if we just hang in there for a year, the booking agents are going to wake up, you know, and see what a great band we are and hopefully step up with the guarantees. And hopefully the label steps up and invests more in promo, and hopefully the fan base builds up to a point where we are able to, you know, get five hundred or a thousand a night when we go on tour, and we're not getting paid two hundred. You know, at four dollars right. at four dollar a gallon gas on a two hundred guarantee, do the math. If you only move, you know, <laughs> x amount of merch, all your money goes into gas and food, and that's it. You yeah, know, you, you don't you don't come back with profit, and hopefully eventually we'll get to the point where we we can exponentiate those aspects because the only way bands make money now is by merchandise and guarantees. You know, that's the only way you make money unless you get really lucky in publishing and a movie picks up your song or some ridiculous crap like that, where then you're still splitting it with the label. I think, um, in the grand scheme of things to really make any kind of decent money, you know, I, I I'd say if you could ever get your band to a point where guys are making 30, 40, 50 K a year, you've made it, you know, um, right. Right now, I mean, very few bands are getting rich, let alone. Like rock is a uh, rock in, in a lot of circles seems to be dead comparatively to other art forms in the U.S. right now. It just is not a money generator. A lot of people I know that are in the upper echelons of with working with some of the hugest artists in the world have told me that they're even rock fans you know, that work with pop artists, but they tell me, you know, yeah, I mean, aside from Gaga or Britney Spears or some of these big, um, big time, uh, you know, acts, there's really not a lot of money to be made in rock right now for the industry in general. So there's not a lot of money being poured into it. Um, it's going into cookie cutter one-off stuff that's quick selling and, and contrived demographics. And, um, the European and Canadian markets and some other world markets in Latin America, I think, are still strong. I think South America and, you know, those are probably the markets that we're going to have to make us. See, uh, you know, I think a, a real exponentiated fan base for our band. I don't know what's going to happen in the States. It may grow, but um, it's a tougher gig in the States right now. I mean, in Canada, we had so many more people come out for us. Um, we had some really big nights in Canada. Um, so it's, it's shocking. You get across the border and things change and in Europe, it's even more, you know, in Europe we do really, really well. So who knows where it's all going to go, but we have to have, you know, we're in a tough situation because we want to have continuity at the lead singer role. We all do, you know, the whole band is frustrated with where we're at. And, you know, we've got a guy in Mike that we think we can move forward with, but we've also got an album we're extremely proud of. You know, I think everybody's just in a state of a mixture of shock and, and, and limbo right now. You know, everyone's still coming to grips with, you know, the excitement that we had for two or three months. 
to, wow, shit, what do we do now? You know, and psychologically, that's that's something that I think is still going to take a couple of weeks to play itself out to kind of get everybody to make the right decisions and or the decisions we can make. It depends on what the label wants to do, too. I still think they're in a quandary about this because they want us to play live. But, you know, you know, that that worst case scenario of doing albums with Wyatt Anderson and being a studio band is, you know, on the table all the way over to recording with Mikey and moving forward completely and doing as many tours as we can. So it really could go either way. <laughs> you know, I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to say. I don't really know right now. Uh, has there ever been an issue with the label mentioning anything with regards to any of the member changes? Um I don't know, maybe throwing out there that, uh, you know, if, if there are any other lead singer changes that maybe they wouldn't be behind the band or anything like that, or has that completely never uh, come up before? No, I mean, the label's been behind me. I mean, i got to give Eric credit. I mean, you know, Digby Pearson and the label have, have stuck behind me and, and believed in what I'm trying to do with White Wizard. And they, they know a lot of this stuff isn't my fault. I mean, regardless of what's written in blogs by hater people that just want to, you know, <laughs> pile on the shit, so to speak, um, you know, I think they, they, they know me well enough to know what I've been through. I've been through a lot. I mean, it's definitely, as I've said before, the... The perception and the reality are two very different things as far as what's going on in this band the last three years since I started it. And I think that some of the closer people to me at the label know that, and they're behind me. But at the same time, of course they're frustrated. I mean, everybody's frustrated. I'm frustrated. They're frustrated. There's no question. But they did move a lot of copies of Over the Top with us really not even touring that. So there is a sellable market, so to speak, with White Wizard even as a studio band, in my opinion. So I think either way, they know they're going to get, you know, a strong album from me and Wyatt or whoever's singing for the band to, to put out there, so to speak. So from a business perspective, do they want to see us tour because they can sell more records and will they invest more money in promotion if we are touring? Of course. And it would probably be a thing where the if, if if Wyatt was to stay on the release, it'd probably be released, and we'd see what it did. I mean, if the thing sold a ton of copies and you know started you know going way beyond over the top, and, and there was a market, then obviously um, you hope at some point promoters would see it and offer more guarantees to where it would make financial sense for Wyatt to go out with us, um, or uh, you know. You never know, and, and obviously there's also, like I said, there, there's also, I mean, we as a band probably at this point, we want to keep going with the touring, so we as a band would like to see Mikey retract this record and see how that goes, but there's a lot of uh, different people that have to chime in on this to make the decision. It's not one person's decision. I can't demand it. Mikey's going to record the record, damn it, and we go do it. <laughs> it's uh, It's a lot deeper than that, so it's... A lot of people have to make this decision, and I'm 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 one of the voices of many. Is there any type of uh, drop dead date as to when these decisions need to take place, or is it still very much open? Pretty much this week. <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm in the process right now of, of making phone calls and talking to our manager and talking to the label and talking to everybody. Um, I. Uh, I plan on talking to everybody involved. I want the band's entire input. I want Mikey's input. I want Wyatt's input. I, I want to talk to everybody about what they can and can't do, depending on what direction it goes. And then we'll have meetings with the label and 
talk about all these scenarios, and I think everybody will make a collective decision at that point. You know, um, that's all we can do. There's really nothing else we can do. You know, um, it is what it is. You know, kudos to Mikey for saving the day. He did a great job on the tour. He's a fantastic frontman, and um, hopefully, we can move forward with him regardless. I mean, you know, the, the middle ground on this is. Uh, I've thrown a couple other scenarios out there, all from. We do it like Deep Purple Burn, and you share two lead vocalists and give Mikey some songs <laughs> you think he might be stronger on and keep Wyatt on the songs he's strong on, and they share a record together, um, and you move forward with Mikey live, or you um, you know, you know, just release the album with no band photos and, and go out there with Mikey live and plow on. You know, I don't know. All of our fans have chimed in with the ideas like that. Um, you know, from shoot the video with Mikey and put out the record and just don't do any band photos, credit Wyatt on the record and be done with it, but continue to move forward with Mikey as the face of the front man and try to continue to make the band bigger. Um, you know, there's all sorts of different ways you can go with it, and you have to you have to weigh all your options versus what's best for everything involved, from the label making their money they need to make to continue pushing the band to us being able to get out there live and continue to try to exponentiate things so we can make profit. Cause right now we don't, you know, and that's, that's the sad reality. We do when we go to Europe cause we get paid enough, even though we have to, you know, hopefully we, if the label helps out with tour support, if the label chooses not to get tour support, then I don't know. We hardly, if we if we never make money, we could be in trouble too. So we have to continue to push forward and get the band bigger so that everybody in the band is actually getting money. You know, I mean, we, we don't even care about free beer as much as just getting a good meal and water and, and hopefully making a profit at the end of each night so everyone's got some pocket money and, and you try to make that as big as you can as you go forward. And A lot of bands that are signed at this, at this baby band, medium band level like us that are in opening slots, they're not making much money, man. I, I, all these bands that we talk about before that are all kind of making this new sound, I don't care if it's Cauldron, Holy Grail, I, you know, I don't know what Enforcer situation is, but... All of us bands at this level right now that are doing this this musical style, I don't think anyone's making much money, if if any money right now. And it's right. it's tough to keep going, and you try to keep pushing forward. I think and that's what everyone's trying to do. Obviously, get their band to a status where they can headline and get thousand dollar guarantees a night and cover all their costs, and everybody's making five hundred a week, etc. You know, that's what you want to see happen, um, and that's what I want to see happen. Um, and that's, you know, that's what we're all working towards is to, to do what we love to do, do the music we love and make money doing it. But we, we happen to be existing in a time of $4 gas and a watered-down <laughs> watered American market musically and a very uh, kind of tough time right now for bands in general and record labels too and everything. And it's, uh, it's a weird time and, and you know, we, we hope to get to that point, but I, you know, I know even, you know, some of these bands that are established from back in the day, I mean, I know Forbidden goes out there and they, they make some money, but I don't think they're raking it in, you know, um, and I think that's the, that's the hard reality that a lot of bands that aren't Iron Maiden or one of the huge acts have to accept. Yeah. You know? um, some of these bands got so big back in the day and they have such an exponentiated fan base from being on a major and being pushed for so long. And for having a strong arsenal of songs, of course, they, they, they backed it up with creating good albums, but, um, and good merch, you know, good merch recognition. They, they made shirts and merch that re people recognize and, and that helped grow them too. So Maiden, Kiss, Metallica, all these bands, Rush, of course, have done it for so long. They, they've earned their success. All those bands go out and they make a killing now, but 
there's for every band that's making a killing, I think there's ten of the B and C level bands as far as the largely smaller fan bases goes that is struggling, you know, and, and, and all of us C level bands are barely making any money right now. And it's it's hard because, you know, the, the, the way you get on with some of the A level bands these days unfortunately is all done with buy ons, you know. It's very rare now that these uh these big bands are taking a band out just because they like them, you know. <laughs> They're 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 charging the highest bidder, and that's who gets to do the tours. So, all of us bands that are on indie labels, I mean, we we don't have a chance against some of these bands that, you know, for whatever reason you may think are not as good, or whatever we may think are not as good. And oh hell, why are they getting the opening slot for you know, Priest or for Maiden or whatever? But a lot of times somebody knows somebody, or somebody pays the big bucks, and and you know, all the rest of us bands just hope that we can you know get a chance to go around with some of these bigger bands and get that exposure. You know, and uh, the only way we're going to be able to do that is to move forward with Mikey, it looks like, as long as uh, Wyatt doesn't want to sing. So we have to try to decide how to move forward in the future so we can try to get those opportunities. Because right now it's, you know, it's kind of stagnant. And the last thing we want is booking agents to freak out. Oh, shit, you know, White Wizard, Singer Changer, change again, you know, Um because that sucks too, because it's not our fault. And we're still making great music, I think. And I honestly think if you compared other singers to Mikey live with us and saw it in person, a lot of people would think Mikey is the best foot forward. But, you know, again, the timing sucks with the record being done, and there's a lot of attachments to uh, Wyatt's studio voice, because in the end, my producer gets great performances on tape, and he gets the best out of any singer he works with, and he's got the best of Wyatt, and the best of Wyatt is pretty damn amazing. Um, you know, and, and that's, that's the problem. I think the best of Mikey would be amazing. Different. But um, I guess we all just have to see where it all goes and see what the label wants to do and um, see what Mikey and the band want to do, you know, based on those decisions. And then I guess we'll see if we uh, continue to move forward and tour and hopefully the booking agents will stay with us. That's, I think that's one of the other big concerns is if the album's released with Wyatt, but Mikey's going to be the live singer, our booking agent's going to balk at that. They're going to go, oh, it's not the singer from the album. Screw this. I don't want him, you know. Um, we have to worry about that too. And we really want to have a, I think for everyone to keep going, we got to have a strong 2012. We got to get some big festivals. We got to get some big tours. I think to keep these guys out there barely making any money right now, they have to see light at the end of the tunnel. And if the booking agents turn their backs on us because Wyatt doesn't want to tour, um, they could put us in a tough position. So I know management and everyone are just kind of concerned about that. And those are all factoring into what the heck we should do, you know. Well, I'm I'm assuming that the footage from download and and whatever footage might be out from this forbidden tour would only help your case as well uh, with a lot of these booking agents where they can see, you know, what Michael does live and you know what the band with him can bring to the table. Hopefully, that will uh, will be a sort of saving grace for you guys if the album does come out uh, with Wyatt. Uh, also, I mean, his, his track record with Celador and everything else, you know, I would hope that would, uh, come into play as well. But, you know, as you're saying, the, the industry is very finicky right now and you really don't know where, um, where things are going. And a lot of, a lot of the things that you touched on, uh, I've talked to a lot of artists about, 
recently and um even outside of the circle of bands that you mentioned um you know i interviewed a band recently when they were here in spain and they mentioned that due to the booking on the tour that they were on that they were spending upwards of you know four to six hundred euros uh between dates just on gas uh just because how the dates were all spread out and exactly what you said you know their 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 main thing was you know a can the promoter or the booking agent provide us with food for the night b do we have enough merch money left over to have a place to sleep or would we do we sleep in the van again tonight you know that's that's the reality and a lot of people think that just because you're on earache or you're on Roadrunner or whatnot, you're automatically, you know, staying at five-star hotels and and everything is, you know, just just great. But it's it can be far from that. No question. I mean, we we slept in the van aside from some nights that we had uh, places to stay with people we knew. Uh, we slept in the van. I mean, we got a custom van. It's comfortable. It's got a mattress in the back, and it's. Uh, it's a it's a custom conversion van, so it's 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 doable. It's got the big captain's chairs you can lean back. But uh, nonetheless, yeah, it's 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 not. We don't hotel. When we go to Europe, we 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 make enough in guarantees to be able to get that hotel, and you know we do get fed at least. But um, yeah, I mean it's 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 inevitably uh, a very difficult thing. You're doing this straight for the love of it and for the glory. I mean, and that's unfortunately yeah. what what everyone's kind of stuck in. I mean, you just you hope that it you can do it long enough and keep the continuity of a band together enough. I think our, the other thing working against us is we've just got a, a cancer of thought with, with booking agents and people in general about White Wizard in general between the negative press and everyone just kind of, oh, White Wizard lineup change again. I think it's, you know, everyone's just got this kind of, you know, thing with the booking agents to where they're going to be, you know, constantly bitching about the, you know, lack of continuity. And it's understandable to a point, I get it, but at the same time, we can never survive uh, without them getting behind us and, and, and still pushing it. And I think if we do go out with Mikey, I do agree. Um, there's a great uh, thing of Over the Top from Station 4 in Minnesota show we did that I think really showcases Mikey great. There's a performance in New Jersey of High Speed GTO that I thought was really good. Um, that you can really hear Mikey's voice clear on and he sings the hell out of it. So, you know, it's one of those things you can, that they can see that it's going to be a matter of how cynical they are versus how much they're willing to even watch that and open their minds up to it. And, you know, it's one of those things, I guess we'll, we'll see what happens once we make those decisions. All those things have to be factored in. Is there any reason that you could think of that, Mike Gremio wouldn't want to continue to be part of White Wizard? No, I don't think so. I think he will be disappointed if we can't do the record with him. Um, I think he really wants to record it. He's heard it. He's blown away by it. I think he wants to give it a shot and try to do it. Um, however, you know, if we can't for the financial reasons and label reasons, etc., I would hope that he would... Uh, you know, just accept the fact that he's got to get out there a few more months and convince the label he's in to win for good. And uh, hopefully we could even go in and do a single with them, you know, early next year if we get through the next two, three tours and the label's happy and then do an album next year, you know, and, and it'll be his band at that point. And I think that's that's a conversation that will have to be had should we uh, not have any choice, you know, should it be, right. it looks like we got to move forward with releasing this record as is, 
that's what the label wants, whatever, financially, all these different factors come into play. Um, you know, then, then we do it, and, you know, the label sees if Mikey can prove that he's in for the long haul, and then they, they will be more apt to bankroll things for him and, and believe in him staying. You know, and I think until then, that's the thing they're up against. Is I, and I understand they want to see he's, uh, even though he completed one tour, and that did prove something to them, um, I have a feeling I, there more conversations need to be had this week, but I think a lot of the heads of state at this point uh, are in a quandary because of that. They just they, they, they don't have any guarantees he's going to stay long-term right now, and they have continuity with over-the-top when it comes to product, and they do have a strong product that they're listening to right now. So you, you get in a situation where it's like, well, okay, for, you got two things. One, if we pay the money, will it be as good? Do we think we have a product we can sell as good? I mean... I think it probably will be because Mikey's a great singer. It'll be different, um, and it's a matter of you know them hearing all that though and seeing how it can turn out. You know, the thing is, is Mikey's got to go in and copy what Wyatt's doing, so to speak, instead of having a clean slate to approach these songs the way he sings them. So that's my other concern: is is trying to make a guy sing another guy's material. And, and, and there's probably going to be a lot of moments where it has to go in a different direction. I don't know how long that's going to take. Um, versus, you know, maybe just writing a new record and going with a clean slate next year may be better, you know. Um, there's a lot of different things you got to think about, you know, and I know some fans want Mikey on it, some fans want Wyatt on it, because Mikey's got his fans, you know. And uh, right. we've got some White Wizard fans that are completely ecstatic about Mikey, and they, they even want Mikey to re-record some of the old songs, and they're just all about him, you know, and he's a great singer, and his work with Celador is definitely very strong. Um, and then Wyatt has his strong fan base, and... Uh, we can't please everybody. We know that. Um, but uh, we have to make the best decisions, I think. The label has to make the best decisions for their best interest and the best interest of the product they're investing in. And we got to make the best decisions based on keeping the label happy, keeping the fans happy, while at the same time doing what we need to do to push forward. So um, it's, it's a lot. You know, it's a, big, it's a big quandary, and it is what it is. And not, not, nothing by our choice. <laughs> we just have to deal with it. <laughs> We, 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 didn't, we didn't choose to put ourselves here. It's just been, the choice has been made for us, and, you know, it is what it is. You know, you, there's no point getting freaked out about it. You just move on. One of the things you just mentioned, um, re-recording some of the old stuff with uh, Michael on vocals, would, would you think that the label actually would say, hey, you know what, uh, just to wet people's whistle to know what, He's going to sound like live. We want you to go in and and have him retrack uh, over the top and high speed GTO, just so that fans know what to expect from the band in the future, and just include that at the end of the album, almost as uh, two bonus tracks. Yeah, it's not a bad idea, and it's another thing that's been considered, and it's definitely something that could be uh, could be done. I mean, I, I've honestly, I, you know, White Snake. I know that they they re release songs with their catalogs that became hits later that weren't before, you know? Right. Uh, you know, I think they did, uh, I want to say it was Crying in the Rain, and uh, there's a couple songs I think that they did with that. Um, I know Fool for Your yeah. Love, and I believe as well, was, was on one of their older records, and then, uh, you know, Here so I Go like, Again. Yeah, Here <laughs> I Go Again as well, I think. I, I definitely know there were some songs, I, sometimes I, I mix them up, but I just remember that they... Um, they did that, and it's a, they, a lot of the times they were better the second time around. So and I, one thing we do, we can't hang our hat on with White Wizard, is I think we've got a really strong back catalog of songs. 
So as we move forward, can we re-record stuff from these first two records? I'm totally for it. Um, I, I was for the idea of Wyatt re-recording stuff from the EP from in the early going. So um, it just never got done to that point. But if Mikey finally settles in to be the guy, which we hope he does, um, you know, then then of course. I mean, I'd, I'd be down to re-record. I think Live Free or Die could be better. I'd love to improve on that. There's a few songs that I, I personally think and know could be better um, should we do a second round on them, you know. So there's Celestine is another song I'd love to do again. Um, it's it's progressed so much better now from a live perspective. It's one of our favorite songs to play, and I'd love to, to push that out there again. There's a couple other songs from the uh, first EP, uh, March of the Skeletons and Octane Gypsy come to mind. And there's definitely some cool stuff that I'd love to, to, to revamp, you know, because those songs were recorded kind of in haste anyway. And they have their character as they sit, but um, a new spin on them with, uh, with more time spent to make them even better would be a lot of fun to do, so... I'm all for that. I'd be for doing an EP, you know, at the end of the year or January, once Mikey proves to a label with a couple more tours, that's six or seven songs from the first two records we recorded with Mikey, you know, and that could be kind of a, a thing to throw out there, you know, to just be, a, a you know, coincide with the record and, and hopefully help, uh, you know, alleviate the, uh, the, the situation a little bit with working agents and everybody else. You know. Okay. Okay. So many different ways that this can move forward. This, I'm sure, is going to be a nerve-wracking week for you. Like a choose-your-own-adventure book, man. Remember those? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Only, only, only. I'm not choosing completely. It's kind of like there's a bunch of doors, but uh, I may be forced into one, or I may get to uh, to push the tide to another one. We'll see how it goes. I think it's going to be a a mixture of uh, you know inevitabilities and choices, you know, that, that are um, able to be made, and hopefully it'll come somewhere in the middle of that. I mean, there are some inevitable circumstances we're staring down, and uh, finances being one of them. I know the label, uh, we spent a lot of money on the record already, and I don't think they're overly thrilled with the idea of investing a few more grand in an uncertainty, which they, they will see as an uncertainty, because they have certain product right now, again, so it's like they know they'll sell records as the product is right now, and um, they want to see Mikey be the front man, but I think they want to see him prove more. And I don't know if they're willing to hold on to the record for six months or nine months to be proven that, you know, they don't want to go that long and not release the record. I think a lot of the label heads of state want the, wanted the album out in June. So, um, I, I know that a lot of people want that record released and, and they know they've got a strong record on their hands. So it's, you know, and, and I, I want it released. It's frustrating. I want it out there. That's my other quandary is, is, I don't want to wait either. I mean, I want to get Mikey on it, but at the same time, I'm really proud of the album, and I really, really just want to get it out there. You know, there's that kind of thing where I wrote it over a year, recorded it last January and February. It's been sitting for four months, five months now. Um, you get to that point where you're just like, F it, you know, you're kind of over the material. You want to get, I want to get to the next writing phase. So for me... I mean, for me personally, I'd like to have Mikey on this record, but as long as Mikey can hang with it, if he's not, um, I think I will be okay with it being released with Wyatt because I believe in the record. I think it's great. Um, I, I like the different scenarios of re-recording some stuff with Mikey and just you know getting Mikey a single in the early part of next year, and those are all attractive. Um, if the stars align and we can do it with Mikey, great. I'm all for it and want to get him on the record, but. If there's just too many snafus and there's too many quandaries and problems and 
you know, it's just it's just looking inevitable that it's not going to work out, that we're just going to have to try to move forward. And as long as Mikey wants to move forward, great. That'll be on him at that point, I guess. And uh, we'll hope he wants to. And if not, <laughs> then White Wizard may be a studio band for a while. You know, I don't know. So we'll just have to see how it all plays out and hope that uh, everybody, hopefully everybody will end up happy. You know, hopefully we'll get a record out there the fans love and uh, hopefully uh, Mikey will be able to move forward happily as the front man and, and, and take the gauntlet and make the band his own and uh, plow through that and be happy with re-recording some songs in the future. And um, hopefully the live shows will continue to improve and the fans will be happy with those and embrace Mikey and understand that, you know, we didn't, you know, we didn't want Wyatt to leave. Any fans of Wyatt will just, you know, they'll get another album that they can listen to. And uh, if they want to see us live, they'll see a great show with Mikey. And then hopefully eventually uh, they'll, you know, they'll accept both guys, you know. Okay. And as far as the upcoming tours, you mentioned Firewind. What other tours do you have in the works right now? Uh, a headlining run in Europe um, is pretty much already been announced, I think, as far as the U.K. and uh, Northern Europe. You know, we're doing Netherlands and Germany and Belgium, stuff like that. Um and uh, those are pretty much the next things on the agenda. That's September. Firewind is October. And then from there, I don't know. I mean, obviously, we, uh, we, we're dependent on booking agents and managers to get these tours done. So um, I'm sure they're talking to people and they want to get us on stuff. And hopefully, uh, as you said before, Mikey's live footage will... Uh, keep people interested even though you know depending on what we end up doing um and hopefully they'll still stand behind us and put us on their tours and allow us the chance to grow and build our fan base you know that's all we can do okay well uh i'm i hope that i'll have some some good news to uh report around the time the interview airs and hopefully uh like i said things go by quick this week and uh, hopefully everything works out for the best, like you said, so that everyone's happy uh, on on both sides, both with the label and, and you guys within the band. Yeah, that's always the challenge. So we'll see how it all goes. And, uh, you know, I've got I've got high hopes. I mean, again, you know, it's been a great ride doing the band and it's, you know, it's had its ups and downs and, and you know, we've taken some flack. But at the end of the day, real proud of all the records we've done and it, I've had a great time playing the shows. I mean, it has been a a great experience and we do have some some really passionate fans out there that have really stuck with us and you know it's it's been a fun ride so hopefully we'll continue to move it onwards and upwards and um you know hopefully we'll be able to keep white wizard going that's what i want to do i don't want to do another band i don't want to join another band i don't want to join a cover band um <laughs> i don't want to join the union and be a work for hire dude um <laughs> So, you know, this is ultimately all my eggs are in this basket still and they'll continue to be. I mean, I'm going to stick with it as long as I possibly can, you know, based on uh, all the mitigating factors that come into play. And uh, hopefully uh, at the end of the day, we'll be standing proud and, and we'll have a lot to look back on and, and, uh, and the obstacle course that was getting there, <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. It's been, a hell of a, it's been a hell of a run, you know. So, uh yeah, we'll see. I'll try to get you an email, obviously, once I know what's going on. It'll probably come to you before you air it, so you may have some more news. I'll let you know what the decisions were. And then, yeah, just go from there, and I'll keep in touch. Dennis and the 
there you go. A little Megalodon. I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. If not, please correct me. That's coming off of the high-speed GTO EP, and I apologize for the shitty condition of my voice. All of a sudden, uh, I don't know if I'm coming down with a cold or what, but uh, yeah. I want to thank John Leone, want to thank Talita over at Earache as well for making the various parts of this interview happen and for providing me with the tracks off of Flying Tigers that we've used here throughout all three parts of the interview. Definitely go out and check the album out once it has been released. Also go back and check out um, the High Speed GTO EP, Over the Top, Check out, I mean, check out Holy Grail, Gypsy Hawk, and Monument when that comes out. And even if you want to go back and check out Peter Ellis's former band, The More I See. And uh, like I said, you know, starting things off. These guys have all been great to me, have no complaints whatsoever. And it's up to you guys to decide whether you like the music or not. And, you know, I hope that I brought some compelling uh, information to you, some good interviewing here and you know again if you're interested subscribe via iTunes or if not go to marsattacksradio.com if you want to send me any questions comments or concerns you can either leave them right there on the website or you can send me an email at input at marsattacksradio.com I also want to thank Spin Magazine for ripping off an idea that I've been uh, promoting the Classic Albums column. Uh, I'm not saying that what I do is completely original, uh, but it's just sort of odd that all of a sudden, out of the blue, they have all these people, you know, discussing Nirvana's Nevermind. Yeah, I've only been, you know, doing this with uh, Injustice for All, and I did um, Prongs Cleansing as well, and in a few weeks you'll have uh, Queens of the Stone Age, Songs of the Deaf, You'll have comments from all types of people, ranging from former members of, uh, I'm sorry, current members of Guns N' Roses, uh, super producer uh, Chris Sangaridis. Uh You also have Mark Striegel from Talking Metal, Charlie Benante from Anthrax, and Gene Hoagland from a plethora of bands discussing uh, Queens of the Stone Age. So... Hope you guys come back and check that out. And again, go back to the website if this is the first time that you're finding out about Mars Attacks. Rifle through the website and see what other interviews may interest you. So thanks again for listening. Next week we'll have a interesting episode. Sort of the same type of deal here uh, with uh, Jerry Garcia from Bonded by Blood. And not from Bonded by Blood. Interview was conducted while he was still in the band. And there's a second part when he was out of the band. So uh, we'll bring you that. And actually we have that interview in Spanish and in English. So the Spanish portion will go on FusionSonica.com. It's pretty much the same interview but just done Spanish. So that's pretty much it. Thanks again. And we'll see you right here next time. Right on Mars Attacks. (laughs) 